2: Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Sports Daily. Got a new open for you there, mixing things up a little bit. It is Jacob Albrockton, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing, manning that IHOP hotline for us. Uh, It is brought to you by IHOP, where guests can enjoy the new Nashville hot chicken and waffles, golden brown Belgian waffle, topped with four crispy chicken strips tossed in spicy Nashville Hot sauce. We've got uh, some HTO to give away today, so stay tuned for your chances to win that. We'll have our betting insider Chelsea Messenger on a little later this hour. We'll have our K State insider Tim Fitzgerald on a little later in the show as well. Thursdays are always fun. Get you ready for some Thursday night football and look ahead at a football weekend. Tommy, how are you this morning?
3: I'm good. Did uh, did something significant happen last night? I'm not sure. I was away from my TV, so I have no idea what happened.
2: It did. Uh, the Shocker women won their exhibition opener. <laughs> there you uh, go. K State and KU both won their exhibition basketball uh, games as well. No, that look. The Rangers are world champions. I can. You know, I couldn't really believe it last night. I I probably didn't have the same emotion as a lot of people and and my I, I didn't like you know, people say sports cry or whatever. I didn't do any of that, but I was really 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 excited. I I can't even explain and people know this Royals fans know this you went through it not too long ago like literally waited my entire life for that for the team that I put far more emotional investment into than any other team like that exists for me my family is that way every I'm getting videos everybody went and hung out with my dad who's almost 80 years old now and they all you know were sending videos of his reactions to stuff it was fantastic I, I hated to not be there with them but look, like, that's it. Like, that for us, like, everything revolves around the Rangers. Now, they're crazy Cowboys fans too, but th- this is what I've always said about baseball. You get more invested in baseball because you, you spend almost every day with it for half the year, right? And when it's good, like, you're always, like, I, I I think I wrote, like, the ball game. Like, you can always gather around the ball game. Whatever you do, and you throw the game on. And as a kid... Like big part of the reason I do this is because some of my favorite sports memories and like the earliest things we lived out in the country. So everything that we did was like 30 minutes from town and driving back and forth. And we couldn't afford at that time. Like we couldn't afford cable or anything like that, but we, man, we listened to the Rangers back and forth every day in the summertime, riding around in the old truck with dad and, like, he'd have – he had somehow rigged up a radio to turn on with, like, the bathroom light. So if you were in there taking a shower or whatever, it would flip that on. And so we always had – we were always listening to the Rangers on the radio. And then they became a little more available on TV. You watch every game. I mean, there was a stretch, Tommy, where I was, like, from my teenage years until I was probably 30. I watched, I, I mean, I might miss two, three games on TV a year. Like, watched every game. Then when we were young and idiots, we would drive down with no money and go to opening days. We had like a decade straight of opening days and we're like five and a half hours away where, you know, you can't really afford anything, so you'd cram like six, seven people into a crappy little days in hotel room across the street, and all you could afford was the beer, which you couldn't really afford anyway, but you figured it out, right? And you just st- like all of that for an entire lifetime culminates in a World Series last night. Pretty cool. And then I think about my dad, like for their their entire lives, too, All you know, for whatever their adult lives for, for the older generation. But it's been 50 plus years. It's crazy. That part of it is still hard to believe. There is a lot of emotion in it. It's really fun, though. Like, for me, it's not like this. I, I don't know. I don't even know what it is. It's, you know, it's a different setting than I figured I'd ever watch that just sitting on my couch kind of by myself right the kids had to go to bed and all that but it was it was awesome i'm so excited that they finally got it done i'm excited for the 2011 team that they finally that, that everyone can finally stop talking about them now and they get their championship but it was a wild year really cool night and i'm so glad that it happened
3: genuinely happy for you i texted you last night after the game was done um you know i've I've experienced a World Series win a couple of times in my life with my team, and, and I'm not sure there's really anything quite like it. I mean, you know, Super Bowls are, are up there for sure. Um, but, man, there's something about baseball. You know, there's something about yeah. a, a team that, you know, you were a fan of as a kid growing up as an adult. And I remember a couple of years ago when the Braves won, and it was kind of like what you did last night. I was by myself in the living room. Like my wife had went to bed. We had a baby at the time. He was asleep. I'm trying to be quiet, you know, in a dark living room. I'm standing up. I'm not even sitting on the couch, and I'm watching them, you know, win a world championship, and, and there's really nothing quite like it. It's, you know, kind of, I mean, for forever, for generations, we've talked about how, you know, baseball is America's pastime, and I think that, you know, over the last couple of generations, football has kind of surpassed that, but man, just like you talked about, something about baseball, something about a World Series win, and when it's your team, and it's a, a team that has never won it before. And, you know, they, they always flash the graphic up on the screen of the teams that have not won a world championship. And the Rangers are always the team that have been around the longest that have never won one. And it makes it that much more special. So I'm really happy for you.
2: Yeah, it is. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate my I mean, I'm I, I like, I can't. The other part of it is very like sweet and like humbly I had like 75 text messages within three minutes or something from the time which makes me think one people are paying attention to the world series which makes me happy but like I I just it, it's crazy the diff and football's different like football is something like everybody you can always watch a football game right but baseball is more intimate right like baseball you kind of like we talked about this when when people talk about ratings and all that stuff baseball's always like you 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 hone in more on you know, the, 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 the the team that everybody's around and for our family, it was the Rangers. I mean, we would, we, we would get together generations. I'm talking three generations. So like my dad and and his cousins and brothers to us and then to my brother's kids who now are, you know, I I have, you know, nephews that are old enough to go to the bar, but you know, we go to the ballpark, take our shirts off, scream, you know, like make absolute fools of ourselves. And it's great. It's okay. Like it's a part of it. Like it's just the, the, the investment you put into it. It's what makes sports great. I know everybody understands that, that listens to this show. Everybody's got that team that you invest that emotion into. It does make me laugh sometimes to think about like the fact that it still has that effect on us as adults. Cause very few things do right. Like your emotion goes in a thousand different directions with kids and everything but it does and then I'm like well that shouldn't surprise me my you know 78 year old dad is just as invested emotionally in this as he ever has been and and that makes it that was the cool thing and like it's so funny too like all of I was talking to talking to my brothers that were there and it was like they're like well we got to go watch that game with dad like you've got a thousand things going on and I'm so glad yeah. that they did Uh, And it became this gathering because that does make it more fun. And and it's cool that my kids are excited. Of course, my, I've, my kids are, they're not quite old enough. They like the oldest understands baseball a little bit. They've played, but they don't quite understand. But what they did understand was like, guys, if, if we win, me and Grandpa win our bets, and and look, you guys get fifty dollars each. Like I'm going to give you fifty dollars. <laughs> you can spend it on whatever. You can go buy booze, cigarettes, like whatever. I don't care. Like if they win this, like and so then they became a little bit more. And my my middle one and my youngest are trash talkers. Like they they're like my wife, and and I'm a trash talker too, like an instigator a little bit. So they'd be like, "Who who are they playing today? Oh oh." The Astros? I'm going for the Astros. And so then, of course, I'm like, well, you're grounded from Halloween if you do. And and so that back and forth was fun and cute, too. But uh, they were excited for me. My oldest hung with me through probably the eighth inning last night. And that gets to the point, too, where it's like, you don't want to hear the language coming out of my mouth in this tight game. And then it, it loosened up. But it was fun. It was super cool. I can't believe it. It probably I don't even know, like maybe when I see parades and stuff. It, it, I, I don't know. It's just like it's it's crazy to even think about that team winning because they have been so bad at times for so long, and it hasn't been quite that bad in the last decade or so. But, man, for a long time, it was bad, bad. And Oh, yeah. There was nothing. there was nothing to hang your hat on. They had made the playoffs three times in, like, 50 years and got swept by the Yankees all three times. And it was like, oh, that's all we got? And then they had the World Series runs, which uh, that was as wild as anything. And then this was even a little bit different, but – but obviously they finally get it done and it's super cool.
3: Yeah. You'll find yourself, I think over the next several days and weeks and months and, you know, maybe even years going back like on YouTube and watching the highlights over and over and over again. I I do that all the time. I did that last night. I pulled up, you know, when my team won a couple of years ago, I watched the highlights of the the clinching world series game. Like you'll find yourself doing that. And then you'll, you'll think back to what you were doing in that moment, where you were sitting, all the different things that, you know, happened. It'll kind of rush back to you. And, you know that's why i think you know again like i love football i'm a huge football guy but there's something different about baseball and there always has been it's 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 why there is like, that's why like the movie the sandlot is so beloved right like it's it takes you from you know being a kid you know out in the backyard playing baseball with your buddies you know all the way up through adulthood and, and looking back on that so i mean it it certainly is special and um you know i just the the game itself the way that The Rangers busted it open at the end, and Zach Gallen was pitching lights out. I mean, he was unhittable through the first six innings of that game. And then as soon as the dam broke, and I mean, it was Corey Seager, who else would it be, breaking open the seal? And then at that point, the Rangers just kind of exploded.
2: Yeah, and Garver probably won't get enough credit. He was critical in that series. So was the closer, and really the, the closer in the back end of the bullpen. Like it was, it it was. I mean, it was why the team. And if they get hot like that, they they showed that all year. They were they were really hard to beat. It's funny now, like they there there hasn't been anything to be excited about. I I wear this punch shirt. It was good luck, so I wore it again. Uh, you don't have to smell me on the air. So don't worry about it. That was in 2016 when Rugnet Odor – busted Jose Bautista. Like that's the last time the Rangers have had any time to be excited other than like signing some of the free agents that they've signed. But my goodness. And, you know, for two things to relate it back to the Royals, which I know most people that listen to this show are fans of one, I got all my Facebook memories of covering the Royals world series at City Field in New York, like same night, right? It was the, you know, how you look on Facebook and it shows you the memories from that day, same night. So I'm I, I I'm reliving that at the same time, which is kind of cool. But it also shows how spending money can turn the fortunes because the Rangers spent tons of money on Corey Seeger and Marcus Simeon when nobody understood why they did that. It was like why why would you spend you guys aren't ready to contend yet? Why would you spend so much money on those two players? And then they backed it up this this offseason, obviously with some pitching, but That let that be the message to John Sherman. Like even if it doesn't seem like it's time to spend money, like they did it probably two years early, and look what happened. So if you can ever find it and you want to go take a swing at a free agent, like it's never going to be a bad thing. Give your team a chance. I, I, you know that was that's a team that was bad a little while ago because the other side of it, Arizona, their path to get there very different, right? But the Royals don't have that kind of farm system. Like, right. that – That di- so what's so funny, so Amarillo is where I'm from. They have a double-A team that plays the Windsor's, the Sod Poodles. And they had been going nuts until this series, obviously, because most people are Rangers fans there. They've been going nuts for the Diamondbacks because, like, four of those players in the Diamondbacks' right. starting lineup were Sod Poodles two years ago. Yep. Like, not long ago, they were playing for the Sod Poodles. They They're – so, like, that's – come on Royals like one way or the other you gotta you gotta take one path or the other like in, and yeah, I don't know what that, it is
3: that's the disappointing thing for the Royals is that you know both of the paths that these two teams took the Royals don't have either one of them they, they haven't spent money on free agents and they don't have a farm system uh, I think it shows you that if you do things the right way either way you can have success I mean the Rangers spend a lot of money but so did the Mets, and they just were now, terrible, though, right? They, like I mean, so they, I, I'm ju- I'm saying like you have to do it the right way. Like you can't just yeah. you know write a blank check. You have to do it the right way, and the Rangers certainly did. And then the the Diamondbacks, you know, had a great farm system that they built up over time. The Royals don't have that luxury. The other thing yeah. about the Rangers is that Royals connection with Chris Young and Dayton Moore, you know, now working for the Rangers front office, and Chris Young has been a great GM so far. Like not that far removed from the time when both of them were in Kansas city and Dayton Moore was the general manager for the Royals. So, you know, it, th- there were, there are some you know connections there that are not the most uh, happy connections. I don't think if you're a Royals fan, but it should serve as be a happy blueprint f- to the way that things need to go.
2: Be happy for those guys though. I, I think looking back, there's not going to be anybody that has like long-term like Dayton Moore was incredible when you, think about what happened in his tenure now the end didn't go very well it was really cool to see him there and chris young was one of the most interesting people going through those royals uh, that royals run and talking to people in the locker room he was always one of the most interesting people to talk to like i I, and he's you know famously of an of the ivy league and like all that stuff Really, really 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 smart Man, you talk to him and you're like, Well, that guy's a little different than his peers here. And yeah. like the way his brain works. <laughs> like, you've yep. got, like it's very different experience interviewing Mike Mustakis and Chris Young. Well, and uh, he's also but,
3: what, six ten or whatever? Like he's, he's so, so big. tall. Yeah. He's
2: so big. Uh and and like built in a weird way. And he pitched for the Rangers for a long time too, before he before he pitched for the Royals. So uh, I I appreciate everybody's messages on social media, uh, the text messages, all of it. I really do appreciate it. That that was as fun, honestly, as anything that happened last night was all the reaction to it in the immediate aftermath. So I appreciate that. Thanks everybody for riding uh, with us here. Hopefully, hopefully it was you know a little bit more fun when you're baseball sad. Uh, at least I don't know uh, tail what was either a fun bet if you care about that or somebody that you know, has been waiting a lifetime uh, or a fan base, quite frankly, that's been waiting a lifetime to get it. We appreciate it. Uh, The IHOP hotline is open, 869-1240. We'll come back. Uh, We'll do a quick segment and then we'll get you set up and then get into uh, some betting talk. We have this hour. We've got Tim Fitzgerald coming up. We've got those exhibition games to comb through as well last night. I don't know what you can take from an exhibition game, but we'll at least get you updated on them. It's a busy Thursday on Sports Daily. Go Rangers, world champs! And then we can be done with it. After I brag to Chelsea about my bet. Then we can be done with it. 869-1240 on the iHop hotline. We'll be right back.
1: Also, be sure to check out the Daily Tip Podcast for more of Chelsea Messenger analysis. Just search BetMGM wherever you find your podcasts.
2: All right, welcome back in, everybody, to Sports Daily. Our pal Chelsea Messenger comes in. Chelsea, greatest bet of my life is in the books. How about them Rangers?
4: Yeah, I figured you would want to talk about that today. And yeah. it is a good win. I do. Uh, you know, and isn't that your team, too? Like, those wins feel be Oh, big time. When it's a team you want big to root time. for.
2: Yeah, it's, it's it's like, not even close, my team. Like, that. as far as what I put, most things, you know this now, when you do it, too, like, you lose some allegiances as you do this for a living. You kind of have to. That's the one, though, I'll never let go of. So uh, that was pretty cool. That was pretty exciting. But, we, you know, we just, just wanted to take a minute to, to you know, get that out of the way. But we can talk some football, I guess, uh, and not just spend two hours celebrating a World Series. Thursday Night Football tonight. You're in Titans land. Uh, what do you think about this one? Will Levis, he looked good in his in his debut. You got a couple of young quarterbacks here doesn't look like Vegas is expecting a lot of offense out of this one. Um, What are your early thoughts on this game?
4: Yeah, I think Will Levis is the ultimate X factor in this game because he can affect so many markets here. Number one, if he's spinning it the way that he was in that first game, which I know is a very small sample size, I think the Titans certainly can contend uh, with the Steelers, a team that struggles as well on offense. And also, we have seen what this Titans defense can do. We have seen some of the worst quarterback outputs probably of any team in the NFL, but yet the Titans have managed to keep it close with so many teams. Like, remember, uh, I think it was last year when it was Malik Willis, that completed like maybe like eight passes, but still took the chiefs to overtime. So I think that's the X factor with the Titans. If they can get anything out of their offense, I think they're definitely in most of these games. But that being said, Will Levis is still very much a rookie quarterback that there's a lot of volatility there. I don't think he's expected to have the game that he had last time where he was completing all those passes down the field to DeAndre Hopkins. But still, uh, I think I would, if I had to make a play in this game, I think I would take the points with the Titans taking the plus three. But I think the props are the way to go when it comes to tonight's game.
3: Yeah, talking about those props, Chelsea, so Will Levis, I'm looking at it right now, uh, his passing yard prop is 201 and a half. And, you know, I I think that that's expecting, obviously, him to come down, come back down to earth a little bit after last week's performance. But, I mean, that number seems fairly low. And like you mentioned, if he does anything like he did a week ago, I mean, that number should be fairly safe to do the over, right?
4: I would think so, but quarterback yardage props are really tricky. So I think if you think he's going to have a good game, you fully place one bet on a receiver for the Titans because the problem is the Titans don't have a ton of depth on receiver. But the guy that really led the way last week was DeAndre Hopkins. We know he has wide receiver one uh, ceiling there where he can do amazing things. Last week we saw it. he was the go-to guy for Will Levis, finished with 128 yards and three touchdowns. So I think that's the other thing. When you have a rookie quarterback who has very limited time in the NFL, he has a security blanket. Last week it was DeAndre Hopkins. I feel like he's going to get the bulk of the targets again. Plus, it's a low number for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, His receiving total set at 53.5 all hit the over for minus 120. He's hit this in three of his last four, and clearly he's the guy that Will Levis is going to be looking to. Steelers' secondary has been really Soft this season. Minka Fitzpatrick also supposed to be out for this game. If you look at number one receivers going against the Steelers, uh, some massive numbers there. Nico Collins for the Texans had 168. Devontae Adams had 172. Puka Nakua of the Rams had 154 receiving yards. And then just last week against the Steelers, three separate receivers for the Jaguars had 70 plus receiving yards. So I'll hit DeAndre Hopkins uh, over 53 and a half receiving yards for minus 120.
2: I like it. And you know Levis is going to take some shot plays there. Uh, Before we go to Sunday, Saturday comes first, Chelsea. We've got a couple of really big games for KU and K-State, Big 12 stuff. There's a lot of good matchups on the college football slate this week. What are you looking at in the college world?
4: Yeah, I'll stick with that Texas-K-State game. I think the under's the play. Uh, The calling card for Texas has been their defense. And plus, when you have a backup quarterback in there, What Murphy has brought to the table has not nearly been as high potential as what we've seen from Quinn Ewers. Yes, they won convincingly against BYU. Not the same deal when you're talking about K State, though. Uh, So we know K State wants to run the football. I think this one kind of smells like an under. This number one, uh, this number is pretty pretty low for a college game. I believe it's in the 40s. I want to say it's 49. Yeah, I'm saying 49 Uh, 49
2: and a half on BetMGM.
4: Yeah, but I do think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. And, plus, this is a really meaningful game uh, for Texas. I know that's for a fact. Um, So we've seen the spread come down all the way from 8.5 all the way to 4. probably has something to do with the quarterback. But I think the better play is the under. This one opened at 54.5. Now it's at 49.5. I'll follow the money there, and let's hit the under between Texas and K-State.
3: Well, Chelsea, another big-time matchup this weekend in college football. You've got the Georgia Bulldogs and the Missouri Tigers. You know, Missouri, there was a period of time earlier this season where a good portion of the Missouri fan base, they were calling for Eli Drinkwitz's job. Uh, But basically all Missouri has done with Brady Cook, at quarterback, is just win a bunch of games. And now they're on the road, going to be their biggest test of the week, of the year, uh, taking on Georgia. Anything you like in this particular game?
4: Yeah, I'll hit the over here. Both these teams super hot to the over this year. If you look at Missouri uh, so far this season, five of uh, their last six games have hit the over, and overall 6-2 and over-under record this year. Meanwhile, you look at Georgia, I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that their defense isn't quite as stifling as last year, and plus they're averaging 40 points per game. So when you're looking at the total on this one, it has risen as well. Opened at uh, 53 and a half, now sits at 55. I'll hit the over there for both of these teams that have been super hot to the over. And plus, Georgia allowing 20 points to Vanderbilt and Florida. Yeah, I think Missouri can put up at least enough points to make this game go over the total of 55.
2: All right, as we look ahead to Sunday a little bit, Chelsea, it's uh, it was a great betting week, I thought, last week. Far more predictable than the week before that. I don't know if The industry felt the same way, but, boy, it starts things off right here for us with the Chiefs at 8.30 in the morning. Uh, What a turd against, you know, Denver. I I don't know how that makes us feel moving into this game, but one of the marquee games of the year, if... not the marquee game of the year on Sunday Dolphins Chiefs
4: yeah does it feel like a buy low spot on the Chiefs or what I know it's a neutral field so but I'm still taking the the better quarterback here and plus what we've seen from the Dolphins so far against good teams has not been great because it's one thing to put up all of these points against really bad defenses but we've seen what the Dolphins did against the Bills got smoked got smoked by the Eagles as well. Maybe those defenses are constructed a little differently than what we're seeing from Kansas City, but the Chiefs quietly have one of the best scoring defenses in the NFL as well. So I think it's going to be a tough time for Tua and company maybe to put up those massive numbers. And plus, with the spread only being a point and a half, I'll just take the Chiefs on the money line here. Minus 125. It feels like they're you know, overreacting to what we saw last week. We know Patrick Mahomes was sick. And sometimes we just see those anomaly games. Remember, I think it was last year when the Chiefs lost to to the Colts just Saturday? I mean, people were losing their minds, and guess what? The Chiefs still won the Super Bowl that year. So I'll take the Chiefs on the money line, minus 125.
3: It's funny to your point, Chelsea. I'm looking at it right now. The percentage of public bets, 62% are on the Dolphins on the money line, which is – It's kind of interesting from what I'm looking at right now on that. Are there any trends, Chelsea, that you've been able to notice in the betting world for games that are played overseas, like the London series? Of course, now we've got a Germany game. Are these games, do they tend to be lower scoring? Is there anything that you're noticing whenever these teams go overseas and play?
4: I think the only trend I'm noticing is just always take the Jags. The Jags love playing overseas. It feels (laughs) like it's their second home. They even have a fan base there. But speaking of totals, doesn't this total seem very high to you guys, 50-and-a-half for an overseas game? A lot of it definitely depends on the Dolphins, but I think this kind of correlates. If you think the Chiefs can control this game and keep the Dolphins' offense kind of on lockdown, I think the under's the way to go. It feels very high for a game that, you know, has a lot of wonky factors. Because it's not just going to London. Germany's a long ways away. I know they have all of the advantages of being an NFL team in the charter flights, but still, uh, both these teams are going to be facing some different factors that they normally don't see. I think if I had to play on a total, I'd hit the under there.
2: Well, and the Chiefs don't leave until today, which is also crazy, that quick turnaround. All right, as we look uh, across the NFL landscape on Sunday, Chelsea, give us some of your favorite uh, favorite bets, whether they're props, games, whatever it is.
4: Yeah, how about the hold your nose special? I'm going to hit the under 38 between the Raiders and the Giants for minus 120. Ooh. I think this one's already dropped. It was thirty-seven and a half. Now it's 37. I'm going to bump it up a little bit just to have some extra wiggle room there. But think about these two offenses. The Giants and the Raiders are these really two teams you want to trust to each contribute to the total here. I think not. The Raiders just fired everybody on their staff. Maybe that helps their offense. Who knows? Uh, but it looks like we'll see a little bit of Aiden O'Connell here. Plus, the Raiders' offense, just in general, has really struggled. Uh, if you look at their game scores, they've scored fewer than 20 points in seven of their eight games. They scored 21 just once against the Patriots. And then both these teams have been super hot to the under this season. I believe the Giants have hit the over in a total of one game this season. So, seven and one to the under this year. The Raiders, uh, six and two to the under. I will take the under between the Raiders and the Giants.
3: How about the Cowboys and Eagles, Chelsea? The Cowboys have put up a ton of points the last couple of weeks. The Eagles have the best record in the NFL, but they haven't looked dominant in doing it. Uh, do you think this is a game? I mean, the Cowboys are three point road dogs. Uh, of course, it's kind of a coin flip at this point. But uh, what do you think about this game? Is there a good angle here?
4: It's tough to say about the Cowboys because doesn't it feel like we haven't really seen them play many good teams? The only good yeah. team really that they've played is the 49ers, and they got smoked in that game, 42-10. to 10. I would think since it's a divisional game, maybe they can keep it close. I think the best option for this one is to put that in a teaser, uh, getting the Cowboys all the way to plus nine, Hopefully they can keep it close, and then you put it with another game that possibly you like. I personally think it's comical that the Raiders are one-and-a-half point favorites against the Giants. You could either do the Giants plus seven-and-a-half on the road at the Raiders, or if you're interested in the Bills and Bengals game, the Bills getting two, this line has moved. It was Bills plus two-and-a-half, so we're seeing some money come in on the Bills. Uh, You could get the Bills all the way at plus eight. I think those are some pretty solid teaser options.
2: And then any any props, any other prop? I know you like Hopkins tonight. Any other props Sunday? And I don't even know if they're all out yet, but are you got your eye on anything?
4: Yeah, if they have them out, they have just been posted. But I do like one more prop in tonight's game, uh, going to the receiving game as well for the Steelers. Uh, I'm going to go Deontay Johnson over 56.5 receiving yards. Since coming off the injured list, he has been uh, the most dependable receivable receiver for the Steelers because I know George Pickens – has that kind of feast or famine uh, output when it comes to his receiving yards. He's either finishing with 125 or, like, 22 yards. Uh, But the targets have gone way up for Deontay Johnson, had 14 targets last game. And plus where the Titans' defense is the worst is the middle of the field. Their red zone defense is really good. Their run defense is really good, which means the way you beat the Titans is you throw it. And usually uh, teams are pretty successful. Last year the Titans gave up the most pass yards to opposing quarterbacks of any team in the NFL. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that you can't really run very effectively against the Titans. So I will hit Deontay uh, Johnson over his receiving prop of 56 and a half.
2: All right, Chelsea. Uh, good luck this weekend with the bets. A lot of good stuff there. I'm going to have to digest that and uh, and and put it all together for hopefully another good betting weekend.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: All right, there goes the host of the Daily Tip and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Chelsea Messenger Insider Calls, presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Good stuff there. Uh, Chelsea's uh, notes and stuff were were great last week. Uh, Helped make it a good betting weekend. So if you missed any of that, you can always go back, by the way, and listen for free on the Odyssey app. Uh, You'll be able to do that. By the way... Speaking of the Odyssey app, primetime NFL games from Westwood One, available live for free right here on KFH, of course, and on the Odyssey app. Tune into KFH tonight for Thursday Night Football, Titans, Steelers, or simply download the Odyssey app and search for KFH at kickoff. Tommy and I will be back. We'll look at these exhibition basketball games before things get going for real next week. That's next on Sports Daily.
0: This is Sports Daily on KFH.
2: Right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. We get exhibition wins for the Shocker women, for K-State men, for KU men, Tommy. Uh, let's start with the K-State men. First time we get to see the Wildcats. I'm Jacob Albrocht alongside Tommy caster Jad Chambers producing. So it's first time we see the Wildcats in a game like this. Uh, Cam Carter leads the way, which is interesting. I think we've sort of forgotten about him, but he's probably going to be a big part of what K-State does this year, especially early on. We've all heard about the shooting of Tyler Perry. He chucked it, didn't shoot it particularly well, two two for nine from the three-point line. Uh, But he fired him up there. But uh, a lot of guys played in this game pretty significant minutes here. So, you know, I I don't know what to make of it. (laughs) I mean, they scored 102 points. You like that. But a lot of guys played... It's not like when we watched KU Illinois when the starters kind of played a ton, right? Like this was a more traditional get everybody out on the court, kind of do your thing. I, I don't know if there's a whole lot to take away from it, honestly. I think the only thing I really wanted to see was Tyler Perry come in and shoot the lights out like we like we hear he can. Uh but other than that, like it was fine, I guess.
3: Yeah, I mean it's hard to really, you know, be able to give a a really in-depth analysis of an exhibition game against Emporia State. But that being said, though, I mean, you know, to your point, they played a lot of guys, they put up a lot of points. And so I think that as we get into the regular season and, you know, through the first couple of games of the non-conference, we'll be able to really see what the rotation looks like for Jerome Tang and how things sort of come into play, Um, how many minutes different guys are going to get, and really what roles they're going to have. And, you know, you mentioned Cam Carter. We've been, I think, really, for good reason, preoccupied with the transfers in Tyler Perry and Arthur Columa. We've been a little preoccupied with Naquan Tomlin. And I think you're right. I mean, I, we, there hasn't been a lot of conversation about Cam Carter. And, you know, knowing the contributions that he made a year ago, um, you know, I think he's going to have clearly a larger role in. Uh, in this program, this coming season, and I think he's going to be a guy that Jerome Tang is going to want to lead on, and probably somebody that you know will be a, a major contributor to how successful this team will be.
2: Yeah i i I don't know. Again, we talked about this just for a second. I think it was yesterday. Like, I I just don't know how to set the expectation for K State. Early on, anyway, because their range of outcomes seems so high. And we'll talk to Tim Fitzgerald about this in about 15 minutes. But, you know, I don't, I, I just don't know where to start with this team. Like, I don't know what the starting point is. I'll explain that again. So, like, for KU, we know what the starting point is, right? They should immediately be, if not the best team in the country, one of the best teams in the country. That's the starting point for the Jayhawks this year. Okay, for Wichita State, we kind of know the starting point. That expectation is significantly lower, right? Like, what can, can this team come out of the gates and, and be clicking by the time you get to conference play? And, like, what does that look like if they are clicking? We don't even know who their point guard is at this point. Like, that, that is somewhere much lower. And then somewhere in the middle of all that is K-State. Now, are they closer to the top end? Are they closer to the bottom I, I honestly, like, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm having a hard time grasping any sort of expectation for this team. I mean, I think that they're going to be pretty good. I think that the reasonable expectation is just to say they need to be an NCAA tournament team. How much higher or lower than that reality is, I don't think we're going to know that, Tommy, till we see him play, I don't know, three, four games and get a better grasp of this thing.
3: Yeah, I think that also, and we discussed it yesterday a little bit about Naquan Tomlin, and I want to get you know, Tim Fitzgerald's uh, you know, thought on Tomlin and what the absence means overall to the ceiling of this team. But I think the question is going to be, if this suspension, which is indefinite as of right now, if it drags into the regular season, what's the best way for Jerome Tang to fill that spot? I mean, we all know Tomlin is the top returner from a year ago. So, you know, you've got David Gasson, who's still on the roster. You've got Arthur Kaluma that you brought in from Creighton. And I think a combination of those two guys, you know, you're going to have to really lean on them, at least in the front court, you know, to be able to. I don't want to say replace what Tomlin brings, but at least try to fill that gap, fill that void for however long that absence will be. And again, I don't know if we're talking a week, two weeks, a month. I have no idea. I don't think anybody really knows what that absence and how long it's going to last and what that's ultimately going to mean for this program.
2: Totally. And because we envisioned him as being such a big part of it. But
3: that's that's what I want to know is what do they do in his absence? And, you know, it's hard to really gauge that with Emporia State. But once you get into the regular season, I think we'll have a better idea on how Jerome Tang plans to fill that gap.
2: Agree. KU's a little different, right? Like KU, we do have some sort of expectation for. Um, they, they lose that game at Illinois I, again, the exhibition, which whether or not that should have been an exhibition, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I love the cause and the reasons they did that. Um, they're, they're just not, it, they're definitely not where they need to be. I mean, I, I isn't that fair? Like KU is not yeah. what we need them to be yeah. right now. Yeah. No, um, but it, they're it's, just...
3: you can't, you, you can't get, and this is the same way with all of the programs that we follow. You can't get too hung up on early November basketball. You know, there is not a team in America that when they play in early November, you can look at and say, that's exactly the team that we're going to see in March. No, not that that,
2: certainly. I I don't think you can do that in any sport. But I think what we can do is know whether they're over or underperforming in November. Right. Like, no, I don't think there's no It'd be silly to say they're going to be as good. Ultimately, at the end of the year in November, that won't happen. They'll get better. But I do think it's reasonable to say they're not where we'd expect them to be right now. I mean, look, just and and you know I don't want to compare Fort Hayes State and Emporia State because I'm I'd be ignorant to do that. I don't know, but you know K State beats Emporia State by what is it, thirty four points, and KU kind of rolls in with a eighteen point win, <laughs> and I like I and they lost to yeah you know, they lost to Illinois in the thing and we know that you know Bill Self was not pleased with the way they looked at late night at the fog like something has not clicked quite yet and i don't know what it is and the reason that that's concerning is because this is one of the few teams like in America they brought back 60% of their roster their starting lineup last year and then added the top guy and either another you know nice impact guy or a five star freshman if any team should come out of the gates hot this year, it's k u and they're not at all. So, yeah, I do think that it's okay to be like, "What is going on here with the Jayhawks? I, again, they haven't even played a real game yet, but i I don't think it looks right. I, something's not yeah. there. I, I mean, I think it, the, the
3: look, I think the only thing that you can really count on right now with the Jayhawks is you know the role that Dewan Harris is going to play and you know the role that Hunter Dickinson is going to play. That's basically it. But it, shouldn't we know what Kevin McCuller and K.J. Adams are going to play? Well, but they're they're going to be asked to do different things this year than what they did last season. Kevin McCuller, the burden of scoring is going to be more on Kevin McCuller's shoulders than it was a year ago. Jalen Wilson was kind of that role a year ago for the Jayhawks. They're going to be asking more of Kevin McCuller to be the leader of this team. KJ Adams is going to be asked to do different things because he's not going to play the five. He's, pro- I mean, I, I think I I, I saw a, a tweet. You go back night to what he said played that for the he national was warming up with the guards. He was warming up with the guards yeah. last night, not with the bigs. So he's going to be asked to do to do different things. Then they've got a hole at shooting guard. What are they going to do there? Is Nick Timber like the guy? Does he got to? You know, I think he's got to figure out his shot. Uh, a little bit. I mean didn't look good last night. So really the only thing you know is what DeWan Harris does and what Hunter Dickinson does. Other than that, it's gonna take a little bit of time, I think.
2: I'm gonna tell you what I think needs to happen. It's November second and and I'll stick by this this year. What's going to need to happen for this team is Dewan Harris is gonna have to be more of a scorer consistently than he has been. We know it's in the tank. It's going to free up everything for this team. This needs to be a year where Dewan Harris is averaging 12, 14 points a game. And KU will reach its ultimate potential when that happens. That's my prediction for KU basketball. That's what's got to happen. They've always been better when he scores. And they're going to need him to score more this year than ever before. But they get the win last night. So do the Shocker women. Uh, we'll get things going pretty soon here. Uh, what do we have? Openers on like November 6th or something. Cannot wait for the start of basketball. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about the game last night, probably a whole lot more about the football game coming up this weekend for K-State. Our K-State insider, Tim Fitzgerald, joins us on Sports Daily next.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.